Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Well, if you would remain standing, we're going to get right into the Word this morning. Uh, we have two texts that we're going to be looking at. Uh, the first one is John 10.10, 10, and the second one is 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 to 18. And so I'm just going to go ahead and read. John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life. Everybody say life. They may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, and willing to share. Amen. Lord, I thank you so much for your word, and I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint me to be able to communicate that which you've put upon our heart today, my heart today. And I thank you for it, God. Touch your people. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you're trying to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Well, my name is Pastor Karen Bracken, and if I haven't met you before, uh, welcome. And also, I would love to meet you after service and shake your hand and find out what your name is. So uh, I look forward to doing that. Make sure you come up to me and say hello. I'd love to meet you. Uh, My husband, Pastor Daniel Bracken, and I get the great privilege or have the great privilege of pastoring here at this church for the past 14 years, and uh, along with a powerful staff and a bunch of amazing leaders, and we're so grateful for the opportunity. I'm so blessed that I get to share the word with you today. Amen. Pastor Daniel's in Kentucky. They just finished. He's with Brother Toby Scott, uh, one of our other worship leaders, and they are bringing the fire in Louisville. Louisville. I don't know how to say it right. Kentucky. And uh, I just spoke with him a little bit uh, ago. So he sends his love and his blessings to you this morning. And uh, anyway, uh, every year at the beginning of the year, we like to go back and just give the vision for the year or, or, you know, where we're going or what the Lord has. And sometimes we like to do a review of who we are. And so over the next month, we're going to be, month or so, we're going to be just doing a a review of some of the aspects of make us of what makes us who we are as a church. And so we're in the day day seven of the fast, like Pastor Kirsten was talking about everybody going well, staying strong, staying focused in the Lord, right? Uh, <laughs> come on, you can do it. Amen. God's bringing breakthroughs. He's, he's moving in power. I see him moving and operating all over the place, doing great things. And if you don't know what you should be fasting for, if you don't know, dude, fast for our country. We need, we need, we need God to inter, God's intervention. All right. Well, in your notes, everybody get notes this morning. Raise your hand if you need notes and our amazing ushers will bring them to you. Uh, We are going to talk today about the first part of our, one of the things that makes uh, us who we are, which is our passion, is one of the things is that we love you to, we're hoping to God that you would experience life, if you know it, with people, power, and purpose. And that is truly our desire here at King's, not only here in Alaska, but all over the world, that you would experience this life that Jesus said he came to give us in John 10.10. And that is our passion. And uh, 
I want to talk to you this morning about what we mean. What do we mean? What, when you say what do you, experience life, what, what are we talking about? Well, the biblical definition is in the Greek there, that, that word zoe is zoe. That, Greek, that word life is zoe. And it's the Greek translation, and it basically means to have a God kind of life. How many want to have a God, a, a God-like, you know, a God kind of life? Not a God-like, but yeah, amen, a God-like life too. <laughs> we want to live like Jesus. So um, another definition is that it's life, real and genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed in the portion even in this world of those who put their trust in Christ, but after the resurrection to be consummated by new accessions, among them a more perfect body, hallelujah, and to last forever. But I have noticed, I don't know about you, I have noticed that there are people that name the name of Christ, and maybe some of them are in this building today, that don't live the full and abundant life that Jesus said that we could have Anybody know anybody like that? Maybe that's you today. I'm not bringing any sort of condemnation. I've gone through times in my life where I just definitely was not living the life. And I had to get in the word and figure out what is this life? What do I have to do to get this life? And so today we're going to talk about that. Jesus paid the price, came so we could have an abundant life so that we don't have to tolerate what the enemy brings to us. We don't have to tolerate anything that he died to set us free from. Amen? And we can kick it out of our life. So I'm going to talk to you today about five different keys uh, that if you get them in your heart and hold on to them and apply them to your life, you can live the life that God has for you. Amen? So in your notes, we're going to start with the very first key, which is know that God is the giver of life. Amen? The fount, the fount, you know, that's kind of an old-fashioned word, the fount, the, the uh, author, the giver of all life is God the Father. Scripture reveals that. In fact, Jesus in John six fifty seven calls him the living father when he says, just as the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. And this indicates that that Zoe life that he's talking about is inside the father, is the father, and that that life the father has, he imparts to his son. And you know what the good news is? That when you receive Jesus, that life is yours. That life is mine. That life is imparted into us. Amen? So John 5.26 says, For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. Letter B there in your note says, To experience Jesus is to experience life. Anyone experience life? New life when you found Jesus, a different life than the old one that you used to have. Only like five people? No, we, we all have, right? John eleven twenty five, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And John 1, 4 uh, says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. If you want to experience real life, the life God has, you must know Jesus. You must accept him to be your Lord and your Savior. The second key, the first key is what? To know God is the giver of life, right? Well, the second key is to know his plan. Know the plan. 
Know the intentions of God for your life. We have to know what those are. I mean, how can you live that life if you don't know what God intended in the first place? His plans are to prosper you, it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. That scripture that people have on their mugs and, can, uh, you know, calendars, if people still use calendars aside from their smartphones. Anybody still use a hard copy of a calendar? Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> I'm glad. I saw some young people raise their hand there, too, because uh, I thought it was just us older folk. But anyway, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, uh, yeah, we have to know his plan that he has for us to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future, not to harm us. Amen. And number one, uh, or letter A there, is that in Genesis 1 that we read that God created the world. And the high point in his creation was the creation of mankind. That was you and me, right? Actually, Adam and Eve back then. And mankind, number one, was made in God's image, was blessed by God and given authority to rule the world. You can read that in Genesis 1.28. God blessed them, said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky and over every creature that moves on the ground. And, and the other thing is, is that they had full communion, full access to walking with God, to being in relationship with him, nothing separating them, nothing hindering them, just the fullness of, of God. They had all of that, but something happened, as you know, that caused mankind's dis, uh, to have a distorted vision of what God has for their life, right? And what was that? They sinned. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we're all affected by that now. And uh, my, mankind was given the ability to love, which meant they were given the choice and the free will. However, they chose to disobey God and they rebelled against him and they believed the lies of Satan. And so B says the moment they died, they were alive physically, but they were under the dominion of Satan. So they're still alive, but under the dominion of Satan, subject to sin and death. They actually became like zombies, right? <laughs> to me, that's, that's the picture of that. They're physically alive, but they, have no, they don't have that full life on the inside, and they're separated from God. But thankfully, God had a plan. That's his plan. What's his plan? He sent a deliverer whose name was Jesus. He sent Jesus to bring life. And uh, the life that Adam and Eve threw away, they just threw it away to disobey. They believe lies. And they disobeyed God, but we can have that life because of what Jesus did for us. He sent the deliverer so we could have that life. Not only when things are feeling really amazing and things all going good in our lives, but we can have that life even when we're walking through difficulties. We can have that, 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 that life when we're walking through trials, through grief, through difficulties and challenges. We can have that life because of what Jesus paid for. For us, he gives us peace, and we have the hope of heaven. Amen. Everybody say experience life. Ephesians 2, uh, 2 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. And I love this next sentence. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It's by grace we have been saved. Galatians 3.22 says, But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners or, and slaves of sins, 
So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. If we don't have Jesus, we are slaves to sin. We are slaves to sin. You might think, mm, no, we are. We're slaves to sin. The Bible says it right there. In fact, 1 John 5, 11, which is kind of an intense scripture that people that don't know Jesus don't like to hear. But it says, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and that life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life, but whoever doesn't have the son doesn't have life. You're, you might just say, oh, my gosh, did you really just say that? No, I, I did because that's what the, that's the Bible Bible says that. If you don't have the son, you don't have life. How many think we need to tell people about Jesus and we need to make sure that we need, we, we know Jesus, right? The Bible says it. Well, uh, I've, anybody else in this place experienced that firsthand? Maybe you grew up in church and you never, you have the blessed testimony of a life that's been kept by God. That's a great testimony. But I do not have that testimony. I have, a, I have that testimony now. In fact, I just did the math and realized that I've been in Christ more, longer, as of next month on my birthday, the, the longer than I have been without Christ. And I was like, yay, 20, it'll be 20, 25 years. So I'm so excited about that. But, you know, I, I grew up as probably a, a typical kid in the world, um, with my, I didn't go to church or anything like that, and I actually was never I was awkward and bullied and picked on and made fun of and just totally rejected. And then th a couple things happened to me at the hands of other people, uh, I guess is the gracious way to say it. One of them ended up going to jail for it, so you can get the picture of what that was. Um, I was never in high school a part of the popular crowd. I was an outcast. I always felt ugly and rejected, and I had so much self-hatred, especially because of the things that took place in my life. And as I uh, went into high school and in my young adult years, uh, I began to look for love in all the wrong places. That's an old song. If you remember that, if you're, like, over the age of, I don't know, what, can I say 40? I don't know. <clears throat> it's an old country song, I think. Yeah, looking for love in all the might be on Spotify, but it's pretty old. <laughs> anyway, I did that. <laughs> I I I started just you know I made a lot of really really horrible choices, and uh, but something interesting happened to me when I went to college. I it, it was like I left my home, left the land of my fathers, and I went to Colorado. I went to um, CU Boulder which is about, you know, 10 miles away from where I lived. And um, it was like a whole other universe. In fact, like the witchcraft central of the United States, I think. Every opportunity to find any sort of anything spiritual is right there. Well, now you can find it anywhere. But back then, you know, in, back in the day, that's how that was. Uh, in, the, in Colorado, it, was, it has like Buddhist schools for Buddhists, schools for New Age people, all kind of everything. And um, I moved and went to college there. But I began to have this hunger and thirst for spiritual things. I, I, like it just came alive in me like, oh, my gosh, I've got to find out more about God. I didn't know who God was. I grew up as a Catholic, but I didn't know anything. I mean, I heard about Jesus, but I didn't really know anything. I mean, even went to church, but didn't know anything. And so uh, I began to look into spiritual things. I had uh, like this little shrine in my hotel, or not my hotel, my my dorm room. And then I mo later moved into a house that I shared with a bunch of roommates while I was going to college. And 
I had this little shrine and I had a Quran. I had like all these Buddhist new agey books and, and I had like incense and all this stuff. And I, that was how I felt really spiritual. And, and I was hungry. And uh, I, I had these experiences where I, I'll just tell you a couple of them. Uh, it, I, can't, I think I'm, this sounds so long ago. Some of you weren't even born yet. But in 1988, uh, this movie came out, which was complete heresy about Jesus. But what it did, I went to watch it, and it was spring break, and it was Easter time. And all my roommates were gone, so I just went to the theater and watched it by myself. But it was about Jesus coming to earth, fully God, fully man, and then, you know, he sins. Okay, so it's total heresy. However, what that movie did is it planted a seed in my heart that Jesus was really a man that came to earth. And and he was a real person, a real person. And so... I marched over to the health food store, being the granola that I was, and purchased communion elements, went back to my house where all my roommates were gone, and I took communion. And something happened. I didn't get saved right then, but it was like bright, brilliant light filled my room. It didn't really happen in the natural, but that's how it it looked and felt like that to me. And a presence came into my room, and I found myself on my face weeping and crying. And that set like a hook in my jaw. I have got to find God. I didn't know God was Jesus, but I set a hook in my jaw, and I just began to search with such hunger and thirst for this God. I used to go on these hikes with my mom, who is now 71, but she used because we lived in Colorado, like the foot, the mountains are right there. And we would go hiking. And she would go up around the corner, like I had to stop and take a breath, but, and she can still out hike me, even though she had lung cancer and had part of her lung, she can still out hike me, it's not fair, 71 now, sorry mom, I'm saying your age, but anyway, um, and, and she would go around the corner, and I had another experience where I just stood there and paused, and I was trying to catch my breath, and I happened to look out over this chasm that separated me from the mountain on the other side, and I was so overwhelmed, like, God, this is how I feel. I know that you are there somewhere, but there's something separate, like this chasm. There's this chasm. How do I get from me to you? And I, I would cry, I began to cry out to God like that. Only God can put that kind of a thing in a person's heart. I'm not saying anything about me. It was a work of, of the Holy Spirit. We pray all the time that God would draw the hearts and the minds of people. Well, God, in his mercy was beginning to draw my heart and and he was drawing my heart and so not too long after that I was like okay I'm gonna join an ashram anybody if uh, in the new age and Hindu religions religions I decided I'm gonna go to India and I'm gonna join an ashram and I'm gonna dedicate my life and become a monk I mean I was serious and hardcore I was so hungry and um that didn't work out. I did go to Nepal, but because I'm Caucasian and come from America, Western, I couldn't even go in one of those buildings. I didn't know a whole, I didn't do my research. So that didn't work out too well. And so instead I came back to Boulder and I joined a cult. I didn't know it was a cult, but it was the closest thing that I could find to the truth. And so God, I mean, I experienced while I was in this, it was like, um, very new age. It was, uh, had a lot of Hinduism and Buddhism and talked about reincarnation. And, you know, I'm going to live my life when I come back in my next life, I'm going to be, you know, better and all that kind of nonsense. 
which is a real thing that people believe. Um, and I experienced uh, what's called a satori, which is where you have a moment. The devil was working overtime to keep me in that stuff because right after that, I went to Maui and got saved. But I, he was, I mean, I had an experience of supernatural demonic power. And it was like, wow, this feels so good. The devil does come as an angel of light and makes you think there's nothing wrong with the stuff you're doing. But it's not God. It's, it's totally demonic. I had that experience where I felt like I was one with every single thing around me. It was so demonic. And anyway, a week later, those, all those people decided to up and move to Hawaii. And I decided to go to Maui and visit my father. And I was still having those experiences. Like right before I left, I went with my mom and my brother. I hope that I'm not talking too long about my, my testimony. But I went to New Mexico with my siblings and my mom for one last trip before I went to Hawaii. And um, I was in that cult. And there's this little place. Some of you might know it. It's like a visitors go there. It's a little tiny church like outside of, it might be near Taos. But there's this room so there's a room, and then you go in this other room, and there's, like, a fountain that has, like, holy water in the middle. And then there's all these, like, crutches and wheelchairs on the wall. Like, people would touch that water, and then they would put it on themselves, and they'd get healed. So I'm looking around going, wow, this is really crazy. And lots of tourists. And all of a sudden, everybody leaves the room, and I'm, I'm standing there all by myself. And that presence comes to me again. The presence of the Lord came to me again. And I just was like, God, I'm going to Hawaii. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are, but I know that when I go to Hawaii, I'm going to find you, and my whole life is about you. And so his presence came, and I left, and I went to Hawaii. Ten days after I was on Maui, completely homesick, hated it, if you can believe that. Who would hate Hawaii? But it was so different than, like, all the birds and the smells and everything was so different. It was hot. I was used to being cold all the time. And ten days later, I met Pastor Daniel, and he brought me to church, and Rodney Howard Brown was preaching, and I gave my life to Jesus in that service. <laughs> and I was, I found, I found the God that I've been looking for. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody say, experience life. Well, the fourth thing that we need to know, the fourth key, oh, excuse me, it might be the third one, is to know the promises. I don't know. My notes are not on what it is. Oh, yeah, it's the third one. There we go. you got to know the promises. What are the promises? What, what are these promises? You know his intentions. You know his plans that he has for you. But what are they? What, what does that look like in living it out? And what can, what can you stand on? Well, the first thing there under letter A is forgiveness. I just put this thing, I just came up with a list of all the stuff God did for me. And I'm sure there's like a million other things because he does so much in our lives when we give our lives to him. But first one is forgiveness. Number two, healing. Physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing. Hello, I was the most tormented person on earth. I could, I was always worried, always filled with fear, always just feel, hated myself. I mean, he healed my mind. Thank you, Jesus. Number three, eternal life. Number four, he restores what the canker worm ate or the devil stole from your life. He restores stuff, right? Number five, my favorite, he gives us power, the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome to witness to other people and share the good news, to receive wisdom and direction. In fact, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, one of the jobs of the Spirit is to lead us and guide us into all truth, right? So we can have communion with God by pray, in prayer. 
Hallelujah. Number six, freedom from sin and bondage. I have been set free from sin and bondage to have peace. I remember I was so tormented, but God gave me peace in my mind and in my heart to be able to lay on my bed at night with no, I mean, sure, life happens, but I was learned how to give all of my stuff to God, to cast my cares on him because he cares for me so that I can actually get a good night of sleep. Amen? I had to, I had to learn how to do that. But he gives us peace, not only with God, but with a man, with our relationships. Amen? And number eight, fulfillment. True satisfaction and fulfillment. He gives us purpose. Everybody in their lives wants to make a difference. Is there somebody in here that doesn't want to have, make something with their life? Everybody in here wants to make a difference somehow with their life. Do something great, right? Uh, and, and, and to do something while you're on the earth. And, and to walk, number two after that is to walk in the blessings. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, right? And Ephesians 2 says that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Not, 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 I mean, yes, in the age to come, but now we're, we're dual enrolled. Like we're duly, we're dual citizens, right? We have a passport here on earth and we got a passport to go to heaven, right? All right. So how do we know the promises? Letter B, we have to read the Bible. Hello. And you have to stand on the word. And if it's not happening in your life, you have to fight and, and declare it and walk in it until it happens. Amen. Amen. Don't tolerate in your life the things that Jesus paid the price to set you free from. The only way to know is you have to get in the word. And we have so much biblical illiteracy. We have guide and encourage you. We just started a Bible reading plan. Uh, uh, my husband and a whole bunch of people are doing the McShaney one. Get it? Just It's not too late to jump in. Just jump in and do it. I'm doing a different one because it works better with my brain. Uh, um, but it's, I'm doing the one-year Bible plan, I think is what it's called. But anyway, just start somewhere. Just listen to it. Put it on there. It's easy because you can put it on when you're driving to work. you got an hour commute into Anchorage or whatever. You can put that on and, and get in the Word and pray. All right, experience life. The fourth key to experiencing the life of, that he intended us. Okay, so what's the first one? God is the giver of all life. Number two, we have to know the plan, then we got to know the promise, okay? And the fourth one, which I think is hilarious because of the rhyme. Well, it's not really. Know the foe. Everybody say it. Know the foe. I'm not talking about that big bowl of amazing noodles that you get like at a Vietnamese restaurant, which is like one of my top five foods that I love. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the foe, your enemy. Well, in our text here in 1 Timothy 6, 19, uh, 17 to 19, life is defined there in two different ways. It's defined as this present age right here that we're actually living in, right? But it's also defined as the age to come or heaven or in eternity. And as believers, there's a lot of different traps out there, but there's two main uh, traps that he's talking about right here that can derail us from living the life here on earth that he intended and also missing out on the age to come, which is terrible, terrifying. I don't want to do that. All right, well, the first one is pride. Who is the least prideful person in here? Just kidding. <laughs> I just thought I'd try that because my husband does that all the time. So anyway, <laughs> me, no. <laughs> Arrogance, pride, selfishness, every single one of us have to, uh, we all struggle against it. Hello, the angel who used to be 
uh, Lucifer now is Satan. He struggled with it, and it's what got him thrown out of heaven, right? We all have a tendency to just think of ourselves, uh, to see what I get out of it. It's all about me, 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 me. And, uh, you know, pride turned inside out is when you just have, like, such a low opinion of yourself. It's also pride to think that Jesus can't, you know, you might think you're all that in a bag of chips, but the other part of that of pride, the other side of it is thinking so lowly of yourself that you're not worth, uh, it, you know, that Jesus paid the price for you, but it wasn't enough. <laughs> Yikes, that's pride too, right? All right, well, um, yeah, let's see what the next one, everyone says experience life. All right, number two, the second trap is to, uh, you don't want to have pride, but you also don't want to put your hope in wealth which is extremely uncertain and fleeting, right? Temporal. You can't take anything to heaven on earth. <laughs> you got to put your hope in God. Putting our trust in money or material things. And this is not just for people that might have a lot of money. It's for any, from little to a lot. If you spend most of your time trying to chase wealth or riches or material things, you've got your priorities messed up. And I'm encouraging you today to refocus and reprioritize your life. Our hope is not in what we have, uh, our our assets, right? Our hope is in Jesus. We must put our hope in God. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. All right. Well, number four, like I said, was know the foe. Know the foe. I just like the rhyme. Like I said, know the foe. But number Number uh, five, finally, the fifth key is to know fellowship, true fellowship with other people that love God. I am, I am, uh, the, the, I, I just want to tell you, the local church is so important. That's the first number there, or might be a letter. The local church is very important. You might have thought you just came to church today just because, oh, I just feel like going to church today. But the power and the things that take place here can change things in heaven and things on earth by our prayers, by our gathering together. It's such an important part of, of living life as a believer, right? Uh, our, 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 we get changed through prayer. Uh, altar calls happen. People get saved. People are added to, to heaven because of the things that take place here. People encourage you, get encouraged to live your life. I love the local church. My life was completely changed by being a part and being committed to the local church. And uh, just to go back to my testimony real fast, you know, when I showed up on Maui in 1995, which seems like such a long time ago, I was 26 years old. I, um, like I said, I was a Catholic. I'd never seen a Bible in my life. Can you believe? I never had a Bible. I never had a Bible, never saw a Bible. When I went to church, nobody ever had Bibles. There was only those little hymnal books on the ends of the thing, and we didn't even go to church that often. Um, But when I showed up on Maui, everybody was carrying these big Bibles, and I was like, gosh, that's so weird. I walked in for the first time. Gosh, everybody was so happy. And you know what? They loved on me so much when I came in the door. I, I mean, I was like, whoa, not used to, like, such friendly, kind, loving people. And when I went in there, there was such an outpouring of the spirit. I told you that I experienced the demonic realm in power. 
But when I walked into that building, I was blown away. I received Jesus. I kept going back to church. We were in the middle of revival meetings, people day and night meetings for a week when that was happening. And I experienced the power of God. I spent the first six months to a year crying my face out, not the dignified tears where you're just patting your <laughs> No, snot, ugly snot on the carpet. I was glued to the carpet for, I had to be carried out of there. Like I had to have people carry me home and put me, my friend Mindy had to carry me home and put me in my bed. I got my life changed. The operating table in the altar here, I got healed of all that rejection. I got healed of all that abuse that took place. I got all the acceptance and the love that I needed by the love that was shown to me by the love of those people. When we went through difficulty, when I, we had a baby that passed away, when we went through all these other things, God's love through the local church. I got discipled. I learned how to pray. I learned how to love on other people. I learned how to get beyond my own self and meet the needs of other people. I got my life changed and transformed by being committed. And, and it, it wasn't anything good about me. I found the power of God. I found his love, and I could not get enough. And I just went to every single service. I went to everything I could. I did everything I could because I had to have more of his power and presence. And um, <clears throat> I want to just say that, you know, when Pastor Daniel and I came into the church, we were both so broken and jacked up. We never had our goal or never thought, oh, I'm going to be in ministry. We never even thought. That wasn't even on the radar. All we did was just show up. We showed up and little by little, the fact that Dr. Morocco actually believed that we could do something with our lives, he gave us a chance. He gave us a chance to, like, help. <laughs> I was so thankful. And I felt like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm so satisfied. I get to, like, do something. Started out being in the choir. I mean, I can't even sing. <laughs> I can sing great in the shower. <laughs> Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, right? <clears throat> Sometimes, Minister Mike. <laughs> but I, 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 that's what I did. And then little by little, he gave us more and more responsibility. And our hearts enlarged for God. And our hearts enlarged for his people. And little by little, we began to grow in the things of God. We were put over more and more responsibility. And finally, we were able, not finally, but we were gradually, the weight on our shoulders was, we were able to shoulder things. We were able to walk through things. And we learned how to take a hit. You know what I mean? When the enemy comes, we learn how to overcome all that stuff. The power of being in a local church. I get so grieved sometimes when... um, People come in, they're getting so touched by God, and then difficulty happens, and they don't stick it out. Man, when you, when you make a mistake, run to the house of the Lord. Run to the Lord. Don't clean yourself up and then go back to church. Just come to church just like you are. Don't be ashamed. Just come. Come like you are. When you come, it's his power. He, he will touch you. He will heal you. He will change you. And he is so desperately in love with you. And he just wants you to come. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Don't give up if that's you today. Just don't give up and just keep coming. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. And in Psalm 30, uh, 37, it says, um, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness or 
cultivate faithfulness. And I, mean, I love Psalm 37. It talks all about being blessed by God. The, the faithfulness of God when we're faithful to him. It's so powerful. <clears throat> Psalm 16 says, you will show me the path of life. And in your presence, there is fullness of joy at your right hand. Excuse me, our pleasures forevermore. To experience true life, you have to experience, you, to experience true life. Experiencing Jesus is experiencing true life. Let me say it that way. All right, I have some more stuff in the notes, right? Okay, God, God is speaking to us this morning. Oh, I guess it's afternoon now. A, we have real life. Live it and share it with other people. Imagine if you had the cure to coronavirus, where nobody would ever get COVID-19 ever again, and you didn't share it with people. How, how not cool is that, right? We have the cure to heartbrokenness. We have the cure to, to bondage and sin and fear and all that. We, have the, we, we know the cure. We have him living on the inside of us. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Letter B says, oh, Jesus, Jesus said, you know, it's not always going to be a walk in the proverbial park. It's not always easy, but in the midst of it, you can still have life. He said in John 16, 33, these things I've spoken to you, that in me, you might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Letter B says, enjoy your life in God. Believe it or not, some of you are like, oh, my gosh, he wants me to enjoy my life? Yes. He wants you to enjoy your life. That's why he came. And like I said, it's not always easy. Hello, we live in a fallen world, but we have his power to help us, and we have the hope of heaven. He rejoices in the prosperity of his servants. Psalm 37.5 says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He has pleasure when you prosper. Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He loves it when we prosper. He came for that. And finally, letter C says, he calls us to do good. Just kidding, it's not finally. He calls us to do good. First Timothy 6.18 says, Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold of eternal life. That kind of serving, that kind of giving, that kind of sharing, that all comes from having joy. It overflows out of your relationship with God. Amen. So if you're finding you don't have a whole lot of joy or and you don't have a whole lot of that, maybe you need to get a hold of the Holy Spirit some more. Maybe you need to get some more, a hold of the Lord more. Read your Bible. Get in his presence. Get to church. Get encouraged. Right? When you realize who he is in you and who you are in him, that makes all the difference in the world. Letter D there in your notes says, our living, the God kind of life can make a difference in time and eternity. When you live blessed, when you live a, a, a blessed life, when you live an abundant, full life, filled with joy, no matter what's going on, it's not easy sometimes. I'm, I, I have my moments, of course. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the human race. It gives God glory right there, number one. It's a great testimony to people that you influence all around you. And, and that's the next one. Our actions influence other people. They see 
you go through a difficult time and you stay steadfast, you don't like freak out and run back to your old life, it's a great testimony and it influences the lives of others. The eyes of the world are on us, especially right now. But anyway, we won't go there. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> well, in, conclu- in, in conclusion, as I close today, Jesus came so that we could have life, like it says in John 10, 10, and have it abundantly. And to keep in mind the keys to live the life he intended are know God, number one, say with me if you are looking at your notes, know, number one, that God is the giver of life, right? Number two, know the plan, right? Number three, know the promises. Come on, you guys with me? Okay, number four, my favorite, know the foe. It's not my favorite, but it's because I like the, yeah. Anyway, and then number five, Know the foe. All right, and no real fellowship. Get involved in the local church. Get involved. If, if this is your first time here, you know, and, and maybe you're not, or maybe you're just kind of looking for a church, this is a great, we want to invite you to be a part of the church here. It's a great church. To me, I'd come here even if we weren't the pastors, right? I just can't explain. I just never knew that life could be so good, even in, ter- in ter- uh, difficulty, even when it's hard. I never knew that my life could be so good. And, and Jesus is the one that gave me that life. And I learned about him by being involved in church, getting, coming to church and getting discipled and being involved with such a great group of people like you guys. God is so great. And I want to encourage you, get involved. On January 24th, it's the rollout of our new season. And uh, we'll be having a whole bunch of new life groups that are starting. In fact, yesterday we uh, had our leaders rally. And we have like 10 new life groups starting. Uh, 10 new leaders and new life groups starting. Yeah, I mean, we have more than that that are happening. But we have some new ones, uh, new people that are starting to lead. But I want to encourage you, get involved. Get involved. Let your life be transformed by learning about Jesus and being involved in the local church. Experience life. Experience the true life that God gave you. He died for you to have. Amen. Well, why don't you stand to your feet? Did you get something from the Lord this morning? Did you get encouraged? I hope so. And I just want to take a moment. Um, to invite you if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you've been hearing Pastor Daniel or different people preach about him, and you might have been coming to church, but you haven't actually taken that step to invite Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior. You haven't received that real life, Jesus. And I just want to invite you today, or maybe uh, maybe you're kind of living half-half, not like fully committed, and you want to just take a moment today to recommit your life and really live and go after the life that he has for you. Maybe you just want to make sure that when you die one day, that you're going to go to heaven. So in just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and we're going to just pray a prayer together. If that's you this morning or afternoon, uh, and you fall into any one of those categories, I just want you, with, with people praying, eyes closed and people praying, just pray for the people around you. If that's you today, I want you to just lift up your hand. I see those hands. There's hands everywhere. I see those hands. Leave those hands up. I see them. I see them over there. 
Awesome. Let's, uh, why don't you just repeat this prayer after me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sin. Jesus, I ask you to come and be the Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Come and wash me and cleanse me. And thank you for rising again on the third day so that I can have eternal life. Thank you that you came to give me an abundant life. And I'm asking that you would help me to live it for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise today. God, thank you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.